0: All right, look. <laughs> <Play> times over. <laughs> Listen up, assholes. Assholes and motherfuckers alike. Yeah,
1: we are thankful for you listening. Yeah, actually, we, we like you quite a lot. And just wanted to let you know that if you do like the show, thank you. You can rate us five stars on Apple, iTunes, or um, probably some other podcast apps. Um, you can leave reviews, good reviews only. Yep. Um, Apple stopped taking the bad ones, but you can send them to us at Destroy podcast at gmail.com. Um, and there's a Patreon. And when you donate, uh, when you sign up to donate, you can always leave a little note. So feel free to uh, send your bad reviews that way by signing up to donate and then leaving your bad review in that note. Mm-hmm. It's uh, patreon.com slash talkfilmsociety. Also feel free to to sign up and uh, feel positively about the show yeah uh it it, it goes but if you
0: do feel negatively about the show you know pay us for it
1: yeah well that's the best way to get in touch and make sure that we read it um, because apple stopped taking those bad reviews yeah um we also want to put in a little disclaimer because the show is kind of uh we come on a little aggressive towards some of these movies but um it's just super cool if you like the movies. Yeah. If
0: you like the movies, it's fine. And I, I will say another thing is like we come on relatively aggressive about the movies. And granted, this is this is Mark for Death, so this is only the third one. We've done these quite a quite a bit in advance. Yeah, we're
1: speaking to you from the future. Well technically it's still the, in the, the
0: past. past. Yeah, actually, yeah. But we're, we're speaking to ourselves from the future. Yeah.
1: The the people that you're gonna hear after this are even more in the past than we are now.
0: Yes um and uh uh so yeah part of this is that uh, we we get worn down by Steven over time and yes. so like if you've seen these in a vacuum you know i can, i i just feel like if even if you saw it and you like only kind of liked it you got to amplify that for us because we're doing this every week, you know? So whatever, whatever, if you, if you felt kind of okay or negatively about a movie, our emotions are really on 10 all the time about Seagal because we have to do this every week. So, you know, that's why we seem so intense. I would, I would have to imagine.
1: And just in general, if you like a movie, it's cool. Yeah. You know, nobody cares. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, As
0: evidenced by you listening,
1: (laughs) but also feel free to tell us your thoughts in that email. Destroy Podcast at gmail.com or in the notes on the patreon.com slash talk film society donation sign up page um yeah and you know um you know maybe we'll be around uh you know uh,
0: uh near you if you're if you're a listener just yell out your window and you never know if yeah if we live next door yeah.
1: so you never know um you could there's always a chance you don't know what we look like and you never will and you barely know our names yeah <laughs> at this point in the show i'm not sure if we've said them yet i, I we almost certainly said them on like the first episode because it's like a pretty basic that would have been thing. worth that would have been worth doing yeah um okay well thank you for listening <laughs> enjoy the show yeah hope you like get it. get in touch with us we yeah. would love to hear we're from nice you guys. people we would love to hear from you yeah no matter even you know even if you're stupid and dumb <laughs> <laughs> <Jesus>. <laughs> um yeah even even the dummies reach out
0: yeah Reach out, we'll be friendly.
1: Yeah, we're um thank you. <laughs> Good night.
0: <laughs> Why don't you take your lively chubby ass and get the fuck off my car? I'm starting to get
1: scared. I'm starting to get scared. Get the fuck out of here. We have a problem.
0: Steven started ad libbing I guess that means I won't get to
1: see you go through puberty
0: snatch every motherfucker birthday.
1: All right, ready? Yep. You best start believing in Steven Seagal podcasts. You're in one. Welcome to Steven Destroy, the podcast where we watch every Steven Seagal movie so you don't have to. Today we're talking about 1990s marked for death. Uh, what'd you think about What'd you think about the intro?
0: Um, I liked the intro. I think uh, you, uh, i think you actually, or are you just? You know what? I did. That. I did. You know what? I liked it. <laughs> let's get uh, let's get talking about Steve, man. Because uh, okay, there's a lot to talk about today. I think.
1: Really? Yeah. I actually, I was kind of like, ah, oh, geez, I don't know if I'm gonna have enough to talk about. Well, so, I, hmm. I I think
0: that I think that this is the first movie that might warrant the discussion of. Um, do you think that this movie blew chunks? <laughs>
1: <laughs> um. No. Will, neither. Neither do I. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah.
0: That's why I asked. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Good. It's like you know what this movie I thought was actually kind of good. Uh, okay. Yeah.
1: I. I don't know if I would use the G word, but, <laughs> yeah. but I would say I don't think it was bad. Yeah. Or that bad. I don't know. Yeah. Uh. But I, I didn't hate it. I went into it. We already talked. You know, uh, a, a couple days ago. I mentioned that i was i just had a lot of hope for this one and it was not founded in anything there was nothing i had read or heard or anything to make me really go into this with high hopes i think i just as like a defense mechanism was like i I have to like this yeah (laughs) i have to like one of them and uh it wasn't obviously i didn't like it quite as much as i had hoped but it was not that bad um so far, out of the three we've watched, this is our third Steven Seagal. We watched Above the Law and Hard to Kill, and out of the three, I think it was the one that was most like a movie.
0: <laughs> yeah, this is. I agree with that. Um, yeah, and I think that this. Uh, I I don't know. I like I, Steven feels kind of the same in every movie, but mm-hmm. um, you know, his his character was like a little bit better in this one um and the people around him were certainly better in this one and that's that's got
1: a lot to do with it 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 really does seem especially in like the first half of the movie like they're gonna have steven seagal act and like play a character and i and and that first half is so believable that i actually thought that he was going to live up to the challenge (laughs) Yeah, and and the movie just kind of gives up on any of that, any sort of character arcs or internal conflicts that it, it implies later in the movie. Stephen's gonna face, but the first half was kind of good enough, and uh, again, real enough of an actual movie to kind of trick me. For the rest of it, to where at the end I was kind of like, oh, that was kind of just the exact same movie as all the other ones we've seen. (laughs) But I didn't really realize it until it was over, as opposed to just through the entire thing being like, oh, we're just doing. Yeah. yeah. We're just doing kind of hard to kill again, a little bit of above the law, (laughs) (laughs) all sprinkled with a little bit of racism.
0: Yeah, which um, is certainly uh, uh, sprinkled in. But. Yeah, no, I I feel like from from start to finish with this one, I was, uh, I you know I was a lot less like bored, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and uh, yeah, I mean, a lot of my normal gripes with the last two movies that like aren't aren't really having to do with the movie itself, like, like um, like the, the it's just gross again, like yeah, it, it, <laughs> it is gross, yeah, but
1: I, there I don't know there was um. There's some stuff in here, you know, like a lot of like uh, chops, people getting chopped up and stabbed. Yeah. That's like gross. But in the last two movies, the stuff that was really gross was like body parts being snapped and I I don't know. I mean, you still get a lot of that, but there's still, um, it's kind of more cartoony, I guess, in this one with some of the the choppings and the stabbings (laughs) to where those aren't really gross and are instead kind of like just shitty like goofy action movie stuff which i mean i'll take
0: yeah yeah no i i think that that's that's probably a good like phrase for this movie it's like we'll we'll take this yeah yeah
1: um Um, oh do you hear that car alarm yeah i sure do do you think it's mine
0: (laughs) i think it's uh steven has found out about our podcast
1: (laughs) oh shit yeah probably yeah all right well that's just going off
0: yeah well we'll, uh, we'll we'll take five i guess until that gets taken care of <laughs>
1: <Okay. clears throat> well <laughs> <laughs> oh all right there we go right. we're back and we're back <laughs> all right um so i one thing i wanted to dive into real quick this was directed by dwight h little and one thing that we definitely are kind of learning as we go through this is you can't trust the IMDb trivia, right? But Dwight H. Little did—he—he's uh, a real director, and uh, I think that him and again I can't remember the dude's name, but the guy who directed Above the Law and also like The Fugitive and some other legitimate movies—I think that you can really tell that these two movies were directed by people with experience sure. and who like definitely made a mark doing this, whereas Hard to Kill was directed by uh, that Malmuth guy who just did nothing else, really, that anybody would remember. Yeah. But uh, Dwight H. Little actually did the fourth Halloween movie. Oh, okay. Uh, which I have not seen. I'm, I'm a Halloween novice. Yeah, but... I actually
0: think I have seen the fourth Halloween movie, but I, I was a child when I saw it, so I can't... uh I can't speak to its quality.
1: <laughs> well, regardless, uh, I thought it was funny considering last week we talked about how Steven Seagal was very much a Michael Myers figure in Hard to Kill. <laughs> he sure and was. And this is, uh, again, this is according to IMDb, so it you know could just be completely made up. But uh, they say that Steven Seagal actually specifically wanted Dwight H. Little to direct Marked for Death after he saw Halloween 4. Oh my god. Um <laughs> and there's a lot that that there's a lot you could take from that but I have to assume Steven was just like watching Michael Myers and I was like yes that's what I want to be. Yeah,
0: he's like I want that feeling around me.
1: Yeah. But uh yeah, so you want to just dig right into it? Yeah, I suppose you we ready? should.
0: Yeah, um, well I loved the beginning of this movie because this movie no bullshit starts right away with Steven Segal running
1: yes i have uh my third note actually we've already skipped some stuff that that i thought was noteworthy and we can get into that but my third note is just straight to steven running yeah Uh, and and that is a good way to open a movie it really is i don't know if that will ever get old i kind of feel like as we go farther along and he gets older and uh bigger yeah i think we're gonna see a lot less of that but i hope we see just the
0: same amount (laughs) that's, that's how the comedic value of it will continue to rise
1: uh, um, it rises great... as
0: Stephen does so.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's great uh, <laughs> One thing that I have My very first note This is a, uh, a 20th century Fox movie Which means that this is now owned By Disney Oh man,
0: is this on Disney uh, Plus then? <laughs> uh,
1: no, I, I don't imagine it is. <laughs> But uh, I, I wonder if Does that make Steven Seagal a, uh, Like a Disney prince? Man He's he's in the Disney vault now. He is yeah. in the Disney vault in Marked for Death. Maybe some other ones that we'll encounter. going to be a 20th Century Fox. But my immediate thought was just like, oh, God, Disney owns this Steven Seagal movie.
0: Yeah. And um, I've already forgotten his name in this movie. It's like Jonathan... Uh...
1: Shit, uh, the, uh, yeah, the, Steven's uh, character. Compo- oh, Steven's character. Yeah. He is... Some yeah, I'll pull it up because he's had some good names already so far. Uh, yeah. Hard to Kill had Mason Storm, which incredible. was incredible. Yeah, an amazing <laughs> he's, name. He's John Hatcher.
0: John Hatcher. That's right. Yeah, yeah. John Hatcher. Another great name in my opinion.
1: Uh, I mean, it's not bad. Everybody calls him Hatch, which is nice. Yeah, but it's no, it's no Mason Storm. I mean, come on.
0: I mean, well, I mean not that everything can be Mason Storm, man. I mean, we gotta we gotta take what we're dealing with here. Yeah, Um, I
1: know. But, man, coming off Mason Storm to John Hatcher. Although John Hatcher isn't bad.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I'm you say it. It's it's a pretty powerful (laughs) name.
1: (laughs) And uh, it opens with the exact same, like, score as all three of these movies have had so far. Uh, It was... It opens... All of these movies so far open with the titles and just, like, this percussion and synth track that could be, like, pulled from each movie and just replaced. Yep. And, yeah, but so... Uh, the opening of this movie, Steven's an undercover DEA agent in Colombia, and uh, I only know that because I looked it up. I don't believe that it establishes that in the movie.
0: There's it, there's one point in the movie where they mention that what they're dealing with back home is, like, Jamaicans and, and Colombians, which I suppose we'll get to the Jamaica thing later. But yeah. it, it, it made me sort of think, like, oh, they must have... Been in Colombia earlier in the movie. I don't, otherwise, I don't know why they would name, <laughs> name drop it. <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, they are. Uh, they're in Colombia, and Stevens, undercover, and he's chasing Danny Trejo.
0: He sure is.
1: Yeah, yeah. and beats the shit out of Danny Trejo. And uh, again, he's undercover, and apparently, Danny Trejo has found out that basically that he is uh, undercover and is going to blow it. And so he's got to beat up Danny Trejo and put him in the trunk of his car, so that way Danny Trejo won't tell anybody. Uh, it's uh, the whole beginning. I liked. Uh, there's a uh, big deal with some guy named Salazar. Steven's gonna meet, and somehow they found Danny Trejo in his trunk, and Danny Trejo blows the whole thing.
0: Yep, um, and we get like a we get a pretty nice little fight scene. There in the beginning where, uh, if I recall right, Steven starts chopping people's arms off and shit.
1: Yeah. That Salazar um, dude gets his yeah. hand cut off.
0: Gets his hand cut off. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a whole big bloody mess. It's great. Um, and at some point out of this, I, I, I'm trying to remember how we get exactly to this. Um, but, uh, I guess Stephen gets, Stephen gets back to the car or maybe this is before they go. I don't know. There's just a great line <laughs> at the beginning. There's a great line at the beginning where, where Stephen tells his partner that uh, nobody's ever accused him of being sane.
1: Yeah. Um, well, he, he wraps Tatrao's <laughs> head up in duct tape, just wraps his whole head up and then throws him in the trunk of his car. And his partner, uh, Chico, is like... Right. You know, what, are you crazy? And Steven's like, nobody's ever accused me of being sane.
0: Right. That um, was just a very cathartic moment for me, I, I
1: Yeah, I, I no, that's true. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I actually, I felt like this movie had some of the worst Stephen lines that we've encountered yet. Like, not even, like, good worst, you know? Like, uh, I'm going to take you to the blood bank. Right. Like, good, bad. Just, like, genuine, awful <laughs> Oh, yeah. Painful lines. And that was like the first of them. It really lets you know what you're getting into when it's got that awful line and then he's chopping off dude's hands and like. <laughs> yeah,
0: there's no, the first, there's no secrets. Like, five minutes. There's no secrets in this movie for sure.
1: And uh, so they're running away from this drug deal that, uh, you know, gets blown because Danny Trejo's back. And they open this door and there's some woman that the implication is that she's a prostitute. Right, and this also establishes some running uh, themes throughout the movie, like uh, gratuitous nudity. Yep. Uh, it, I, it did have no sex,
0: thank God, a,
1: a true positive. Yeah. Still had some gratuitous female nu- nudity, uh, but no Steven sex. Uh, and we can get into the lady that he meets. That yeah. I every time he was alone with her, I got very nervous. Yeah, but beyond that. Stephen's actually, he's pretty, uh, he's Volcel in this movie. Yeah. And I respected it. Yeah. But the uh, the prostitute's like in Spanish begging, please no more. And it's very uncomfortable. And, uh, but then she shoots his partner. And Stephen just blasts her to hell. And it's pretty unpleasant. Yeah. Uh, even though, I mean, yeah, she killed his partner, but she's this naked woman that he's just shooting to bits. Uh, it's not great. And yeah. then that's it. He's he's home. <laughs> yeah, he's back home. He's back home, and he's in church. This is our uh, third movie in a row where Stephen's a devout Catholic. Yep. Not in a row. Just wait, right?
0: Well, there's only been three, so.
1: But he's not, there's no uh, Catholicism in Hard to Kill, I don't think, right? Yeah,
0: I, I don't think so.
1: I, I just lied. But so two out of three. Is, this is
0: two out of three that he's been a devout Catholic, yeah.
1: Yeah and he's confessing uh, about killing this woman and this is the part where i was like kind of thinking this might be a real movie uh I, i and not just because he's like confessing for the people he's killed and the things he's done wrong which we can get into in a minute but also just i don't know he he's not bad in this movie and he's not bad in this scene
0: yeah actually um yeah, he was he was pretty good in this scene. Um, I, I felt myself able to look him in the eyes a little bit more often in this movie. Um,
1: <laughs> yeah, he he's not, like, a, a bad... I mean, well, okay. <laughs> I don't want to get into him, whether or not he's a good dude, like the character, yeah. without uh, addressing his confession. Did you uh, take notes or pay attention to the things that he listed off he'd done?
0: Oh, yeah, um i mean certainly murder was was a big one he's, he's killed people but yeah he specifically mentioned sleeping with informants mm-hmm. uh i remember that that was one of the big ones um i just remember him like killing people and sleeping with informants that was, i know
1: one. one was that he's falsified evidence
0: oh i miss i must have missed that one
1: <laughs> yeah that was a big one for me that was the one i wrote down because i was like yeah he's killed people Oh, he slept with informants. It's a Steven Seagal movie. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I think, I think he, it was like, he's, he just done drugs, which like, whatever, he's undercover. I get it. That's fine, Steven. Yeah. But then he's like, and I falsified evidence. And I was like, oh, so he's like a crooked cop, maybe. <laughs> yeah. But that's never brought up or addressed. But aside from those hints for the rest of the movie, he, I, I never really get any sort of particularly like creepy or, uh. Again, like that sort of aggressive, like vibe, or like corrupt cop vibe. I mean, he's certainly aggressive. I mean, it's Steven Seagal,
0: right? Yeah, uh, I he's mean, he's a he, dog
1: off a chain, but yeah,
0: I mean, he's still like, like murdering people without a badge. But yeah, uh, but I uh, mean, it's a uh, movie. Uh, but yeah, it's it's a Steven Seagal movie. So, and and it's a movie. So it's it's fine. Yeah, I know. In the grand scheme of things, this is not. Uh, this is not one of the the lesser Steven Seagal characters that we've encountered or that we will encounter.
1: Um, well, certainly not. Yeah. <laughs> um, like, aside from this character, both in Above the Law and Hard to Kill, I feel like those dudes would be, like, bad guys in a different cop movie.
0: <laughs> yeah, for sure. Uh, they, uh, they would be bad guys probably to this Steven Seagal. Like, um, this Steven Seagal in this movie might try to kill the Steven Seagals in the last two movies.
1: Maybe Above the Law. I think Hard to Kill. Because it's kind of the same thing. He kind of sure. is just going after this gang because they went after his family. Yeah. So it's kind of just the exact same thing again.
0: That's true. Above the Law but, Steven is, is, is very very bad. A very uncomfortable uh, Steven Seagal movie. Uh, or Steven yeah. Seagal character, I should say. Yeah, every every Steven Seagull movie's got a little bit of discomfort involved.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I, he, after this, he goes and he talks to his boss of the DEA, and he wants to quit. And this is kind of the first of one of those scenes where he, he's very nihilistic about the war on drugs. And it's like these little moments where it's like a real movie, and you can see like maybe it's going to actually have something to say or at least like make you think about something. And you know, again, it gets abandoned relatively quickly but it's still like a running theme even kind of until the end
0: yeah i Uh, mean uh there are a few times in this movie where where steven says things about the war on drugs and uh where i'm like well i i i I, I, like don't disagree with with steven here like maybe uh, (laughs) maybe there's gonna be like you said something kind of to this movie um you know where he talks about you know like it's like plugging holes in a dam or something mm-hmm. like that and um you know that's this pretty good stuff you know uh, there's some pretty good stuff in it but yeah of course by the final third of this thing they they'd completely <laughs> abandon all of it so yeah. enjoy enjoy it for the first you know 30 45
1: minutes of the movie and he goes to see his sister's family he does and uh meets his niece and uh i i I, it's it's all relatively nice it kind of reminded me of the beginning of above the law where it's after the baptism and you're meeting his whole family but i guess and i'm just gonna have to say it i guess he's become a better actor since above the law i mean i you know it's tough for me to put any sort of praise on the dude and i'm not (laughs) saying he's necessarily a good actor (laughs) yeah just a better one and you would just you know just practice. Anybody's gonna get better at something. They do it you know more times. Mm-hmm. And and there's just uh, like a, a kind of genuine sense of him going to see his family that makes it feel like a real movie as opposed to the beginning of Above the Law where it's just like place setting and it's just like pointing out who the characters are. And yeah, I I, I don't know. Again, I dug it. Yeah.
0: Um, well, and and this is. <sighs> this is one of the first times that I've been watching any of these early nineties Steven Seagal movies where I thought to myself, maybe just maybe I understand why these movies were popular. Cause like, although I might not watch uh, marked for death, you know, too many <laughs> times just for fun. Um, I could imagine somebody watching marked for death for fun. Um, and uh, so, and I could imagine enough people watching marked for death for fun to where like maybe, I'm beginning to see something that would lead to why he is about to, you know, host SNL and like be one of the biggest action names in the fucking country, you know. Um, Yeah, that's a little extreme for me, but (laughs) but I'm I'm beginning to see something at least in this movie, and it's it's that his acting is better because like his aikido and stuff is. You know, I, I don't I don't think that I mean I'm sure he gets like incrementally better at it or whatever, but like, you know, he, he's a black belt in Aikido or whatever. Like in the first movie, the same way he is in this movie, you know. So it's not like his action scenes have
1: oh, have, yeah. have
0: gotten different or anything like that. He still grotesquely breaks people in <laughs> half.
1: <laughs> um,
0: but yeah, the acting in this movie is like okay. It's, it's, yeah, it's, it's not too bad. And,
1: and like you said, it has real actors in it. Uh, Keith David, mm-hmm. uh, who shows up pretty soon, I was really I, I like him a lot. I was good to see him. There wasn't really a lot of other people I was familiar with, but basically every role in here is is well acted. It really is. Uh, a real movie <laughs> yeah it's pretty uh, great uh, yeah. it's,
0: it's it's great for us you know
1: yeah uh, no it's a good it, it's a good diversion
0: uh, yeah compared to what we've been with in the last two weeks so um so yeah the the i, I was not um entirely sad to have seen this movie.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and so here's, here's i have a question for you uh, after steven goes uh, meets his family he goes to this room did you, were you under the impression that's his childhood bedroom
0: yeah, well, we got some, we got some Stephen photos in that one, right? We got yeah, some, we got some some young Stephen there. Um, yeah, baby I, Steven. I
1: just, I wasn't entirely sure. I, I, I guess it makes the most sense that it would be if there's you know pictures of him as a kid everywhere, yeah. but it also didn't feel very childhood bedroom, sure. you know. It's like as if they were trying to say Stephen's always been this man. He was born this man <laughs> with nothing in his heart but anger. And, like, the only thing on the wall, there's no, like, posters or anything, the only thing on the wall is a big rack of guns.
0: Oh, yeah, there sure is. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know exactly, like, what we're supposed to, to glean from, like, if that's his childhood bedroom or not, because I suppose it would be pretty weird to have a rack of guns in your childhood bedroom.
1: I, I, I believe 100% that it was supposed to be his childhood bedroom and that he, him as a kid, he was shooting guns competitively mastering his skills there's no talk about like uh parents i guess they acknowledge his mom and one of those people in the house is supposed to be his mom i -hmm. I don't know but uh i I have to assume steven as a kid his only love was handguns and you get uh, a a quiet scene where he's fixing like the firing mechanism for a handgun yeah uh uh, you know (laughs) (laughs) yeah
0: yeah I, i i just uh I, I, I just wrote down, like, uh, Stephen builds a gun, question mark.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's, like, cleaning it or fixing it or something. It's just a, a little quiet moment for him. And I was just kind of appreciated this movie having a quiet moment of yeah. Steven doing something like clean a gun. Yeah. Uh, it, it was it was just a nice little breath of fresh air for there to be, like, any moment where we just sort of sit quietly with Steven Seagal. Not like that's something I would ever want to do in my life, but <laughs> relatively... <laughs> yeah
0: no it's, um, uh, yeah. again, there's like there's there's real things in this in this movie that are that you would see in you know movies without Steven Seagal in them and yeah, it's pretty nice. And so <laughs> after he uh, fixes this gun, um, our nice quiet Steven scene refixes the gun, he goes um, to a football practice. Uh, to to see the coach who is uh, his his buddy I suppose his old uh, partner
1: yeah they were army buddies yeah and he's played by Keith David
0: yeah um, and this is a you know I, I, and again like this is like their relationship Um and probably this is Keith David's fault, but like it is fault, <laughs> It's like pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, no, for sure. Yeah, and so this is this is a relatively nice scene between the two of them, and and uh, uh, uh. so something something that I wrote down here is that um, Steven Seagal manages to not kill anybody in this scene um and in previous movies Blast. in previous movies steven seagal would have i think killed somebody in this scene um, when you
1: say this scene are you getting ahead of yourself and you mean when they go to that bar or no. do you just mean when he goes to the when he goes to the football field well
0: he goes to the football field because the the guys are there dealing drugs and his yeah and his okay. his buddies like pissed about them
1: you think he would have just gone over and just yes absolutely those dudes out i think huh.
0: i think above the law steven would have, absolutely i think i don't know if he would have
1: I don't know if he would have killed him, but I think he probably would have gone over there and, like, snapped some arms. Yeah. For sure.
0: And maybe that's yeah. m- maybe that's more of what I mean. It's like, Stephen managed to not commit an act of violence in this. Yeah.
1: Movie. Well, he, for, for a good amount of this movie, until it does become personal, is he doesn't want to get involved because his whole thing, he thinks it's pointless, you know, drugs are everywhere, them taking out this gang isn't going to do anything. And I'm just like, yeah, Stephen, you know what, I get it. Yeah. And whether or not it devolves into a pretty simple action movie, you know, revenge plot, whatever. yeah, <laughs> That's fine at this point. At least there's like, that's not the entire plot, you know, mm-hmm. just from point A to point B's revenge, like hard to kill. Yeah. But yeah, when he goes to this football field and Keith David's coaching and these kids are doing drugs on the bleachers, I wasn't entirely sure, you know, what direction this movie was going to take. And I thought Steven Seagal was going to, become like the assistant coach of this football team or something <laughs> i i genuinely i like had it all i was like oh so he's gonna start coaching this team and then the kids are gonna get addicted to drugs and he's gonna like take out the drug dealers and i was kind of bummed i was really looking forward to seeing steven you know do run some drills yeah. and have like a, a nice heart to heart with like the rudy of the team yeah i was a little bummed we never got to see him coach football
0: Yeah, I oh man, can you imagine Steven Seagal on the sidelines for like the big game in a sports (laughs)
1: movie? (laughs) I like Steven Seagal now with his tiny glasses, (laughs) and he's just fucking huge. Yeah. and nobody believes he's the coach they think he's just like some sort of enforcer. They would you you would see that dude on the side of the football field and just assume every game was rigged. <laughs> yeah. You'd be like somebody's throwing something I don't know if it's his team or the rival team. Yeah. But there's something sketchy going on here yeah so yeah
0: Steven Seagal today on, on the side of a football field immediately delegitimizes any game that's going on
1: um steven seagal anywhere delegitimizes <laughs> whatever he's associated with so.
0: yeah um gosh well now i hate this movie because now yeah. <laughs> now i love steven seagal as as the heroic football coach he leads much. the team to
1: victory there's oh. like a you know at the end he has to decide between killing the big drug dealer and going and rooting his team on oh would have man. been wonderful. Hopefully, cool. one of these turns out to be a secret sports movie. <laughs> God, I can't even I, <laughs>
0: fucking imagine.
1: I, I have to assume that they're all going to be the exact same fucking movie. <laughs> yeah,
0: that's but really man. the harrowing. That's the harrowing part of all of this. <laughs> it's,
1: yeah, it's, it not really like it, it's not like
0: it's not like it's fifty six weeks of like movies. It's fifty six weeks of of hard to kill.
1: Yeah, uh, but uh, there is one part I really liked. Where uh, at this scene where they're doing drugs at the football field, this kid who looks like a little Ray Liotta, and they, then uh, these Jamaicans, they're they're doing drugs and they're smoking, and I just sort of assume that they are probably smoking pot. But this teen, he's just like, "Is that crack?" <laughs> yeah. And the Jamaicans are like, "Yeah, it's crack." And all the kids are like, "Oh, dude, I want to try some crack."
0: <laughs> yeah, I I specifically wrote down crack with a bunch of exclamation points. <laughs> <laughs> and question marks i was like what yeah. the fuck like crack like jesus man that's a, just doing that, crack
1: just that's... do a crack on the football field like fuck. everybody did their old <laughs> high school days yeah i'm like wow man that is
0: that is a problem
1: yeah, <laughs> yeah. so now it's probably a good time to address the uh the bad guys in this movie are mm-hmm. jamaicans that they are there's specifically a Jamaican posse, which we get a, a whole like little speech yeah. in this movie delivered via a newscast where it explains uh, Jamaican gangs are known as posses, and they're incredibly dangerous, yeah. and they're dealing drugs and they're killing your kids. And uh, I, I don't <laughs> I don't know uh, exactly how racist the movie is. Uh, there's like little moments where it definitely tries to be like, these are just some dudes who happen to be Jamaican and doing some crimes. Yeah. Uh, but it still just feels kind of weird because they do make such a point about how they are Jamaican and like ties in their crimes with the fact that they're Jamaican as opposed to just letting them be a gang. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah. It's.
1: Uh- Well, real quick, I I do just want to add in, this movie does have a disclaimer in the credits about its potential racism.
0: Oh, I I missed that.
1: I only know this because I saw it again on IMDb, but I did verify it, so this is true i saw it in the credits myself it has like a a little disclaimer that says the posse phenomenon is estimated to be a fraction of one percent of the jamaican population and should not detract from their country or the contributions jamaicans have made to this country
0: well that's I, i suppose that's nice that that's that that's included
1: I mean, it's better than nothing, but it does sort of add to the fact that even you know the filmmakers were like, "Oh, this is kind of coming off a little racist." Yeah, we gotta put like a little racism note in here, <laughs> no, like, "Oh, sorry." A disclaimer.
0: Yeah, and and I guess that's the thing is like, uh, you know, St- it's actually one of Stevens lines in this movie i think is the whole like it it doesn't matter that they're jamaicans or you know they're just they're guys doing drugs or they're guys selling drugs and we've you know yeah it, we've got to stop it's actually a steven seagal line in this movie <laughs> that uh kind of brings this uh this point to the forefront here
1: yeah but then there's this part uh and i'm gonna just jump because it's at the end at the end of the movie they go to jamaica they do and uh they team up with a jamaican cop which i also thought was kind of a, a i don't again Wasn't sure if it was, like, a good touch or not, but to me, it seemed like it was just having, you know, uh, a Jamaican guy who happens to be a cop, and I was so worried that he was going to end up to be, like, a double agent. (laughs) I was so nervous that they were going to have this Jamaican cop end up being on the side of the bad guys. I was so relieved when he's just a good dude throughout the whole thing. Yeah, but they go to Jamaica, and Keith David and him are walking, and Keith David's like, "I owe you an apology." Until today, I thought all Jamaicans were dope dealing dreads, and it's kind of like, okay. Well, I guess they're making a point about how it's not all Jamaicans. But what uh, the Jamaican cop Charles says, Charles' response is just, oh, don't apologize. It's cool. I get it." I was <laughs> kind of like, oh, I don't know if that's the right. <laughs> I don't know if that's the right response. Just be like, no, I understand why you're racist. It's fair.
0: Like, hey, dude, don't worry about it.
1: But uh, I also, okay, so I did a little bit of uh, extracurricular work for Marked for Death. Wow. Because I watched Predator 2. Okay. 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 And as we all know, Steven Seagal, he's a predator. (laughs) Um, But in all seriousness, folks, (laughs) uh, no, Predator 2 came out in 1990, the exact same year, and it takes place in LA, whereas Mark for Death takes place in Chicago, but it has the exact same, uh, like, there's two antagonists, one's the Predator, but then another is a Jamaican gang that's incredibly violent and is treated with the exact same sort of weird racism and like mysticism as this one. And I was trying to just figure out if maybe there's like a, uh, if something was going on in the nineties to make everybody afraid of Jamaicans <laughs> and I, I, I got nothing, but I, I just wanted to point out that this was some sort of weird fad in nineties action movies where you've got these like mystic Jamaicans terrorizing the white citizens. Yeah. In and and the predator.
0: And, and so this is, this is a thing here in, in marked for death that um and and certainly i haven't seen the second predator movie so i was
1: <laughs> i uh, wouldn't recommend it i think yeah. it's about on par with marked for death
0: and so this gets to when we I go think it's better than marked for death
1: maybe yeah it's got a predator in it and <laughs> well, a much better Predator yeah, than this movie has. yeah
0: um and so we get God, I, I, I wish we,
1: this movie had the predator
0: yeah i wish most movies I, I, if every steven seagal movie had the predator in it
1: <laughs> just in it yeah like as a cameo uh,
0: yeah um anywhere between a cameo and a main character
1: every movie would be better with the predator yeah but i'd agree predator 2 is pretty wild yeah well, i wouldn't like i don't <laughs> again i'm not trying to recommend you watch predator 2
0: <laughs> yeah but to, <laughs> to the folks at home if you're if you're thinking to yourself should i watch marked for death or predator 2 I think that we are endorsing Predator 2. Yeah, Predator 2's got... uh,
1: Yeah, it's got the Predator, and it's got a pretty nice climax where the Predator's just fighting Danny Glover around the L.A. streets. And
0: that sounds like fun. Mm -hmm.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: get anyway... Yeah, we get to the scene now after the the football scene. I think this is the the next thing where we get um, some sort of a... uh, I don't know. It's again with the, the mysticism thing here, and the mm-hmm. um, I get, I, like some sort of a psychic or like I don't know exactly what the term is for the person that we encounter here.
1: I think they're an oracle, but I don't. I don't know. That's based on nothing <laughs> but me knowing the word oracle, but not knowing what it really means.
0: Sure. Um, so we get this. Um, we get this woman. Um, this, this Spanish-speaking woman who um, places some sort of Curse?
1: Yeah. Well, uh, so has Colombians, some sort of
0: blood sacrifice.
1: <laughs> the <laughs> Colombians have a rivalry with the Jamaicans. You know, yeah, they're both they're dealing they're dueling for turf. Yeah, and uh the Colombian, you know, <laughs> drug lord goes to this woman and has her put a curse on the Jamaican drug lord, who's known as Screwface.
0: Yeah, he sure is.
1: For some reason. Uh, yeah no take it away friend you seemed pretty into the uh talking about this r- ritual
0: well i mean th- i mean who who wouldn't be this was an absolutely bizarre <laughs> absolutely bizarre scene um, it was
1: pretty it was a pretty bizarre scene but uh, i don't know if we should get like into it being super bizarre because i don't know if that's racist
0: yeah i suppose that's true i i don't know anything don't know. about what we saw here um. yeah
1: i don't know if this is a real like thing <laughs> and i i don't i don't know i have no idea yeah, yeah so what is, what does she do
0: um, well, she she speaks some sort of a, uh, a curse, I suppose, mm-hmm. um, in in Spanish. My my Spanish is not great, but I was able to, to you know, h- uh, hear the word blood in there and, and figure okay. fig- figured we were going to get some sort of blood sacrifice. She said sangre at some point, which is blood. Gotcha. It's uh, talking about sangria. Yeah, sangria. Right before she cuts the head off of a a chicken.
1: The fakest fucking looking chicken. This (laughs) this rubber as hell looking chicken. And not only does she cut its head off, she she spits Bacardi all over him.
0: Which is a thing that happens a few times in the movie, I think. I think at some point. Oh, really? Well, actually, I don't, I I should say, I don't know if Screwface was spitting uh, uh, at Steven Seagal's sister later in the movie. Or if he was spitting Bacardi at her um but i remember oh, yeah. at some point later in the movie a screw face spits something it may have just been spit it was a significant amount of spit um he's
1: probably spitting bacardi i guess I, I don't know.
0: yeah because again like i don't know if they're practicing any kind of similar uh rituals here or, or, or i don't know exactly what we could call these
1: Um, i guess i mean they're rituals yeah uh, i I guess yeah (laughs) definitely probably rituals (laughs)
0: yeah um so yeah but i suppose at the the end of this thing um and I, i i'm trying to remember the the order of operations here in this thing but she 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 gets entirely naked no. Oh, yep. because mm-hmm. uh, sp- that's
1: how you got to do it.
0: Right, and spits, uh, maybe it is, we don't, <laughs> again, uh, we're not sure. Well, that's sure. certainly how you got to do it in this movie. <laughs> yeah, um, she spits Picardy everywhere. Um, she, she says that like she has some work for the chicken to do, um, mm-hmm. which is uh, to cut its head off um, and place a curse on uh, Scrooge uh, which, spoiler alert, uh, huh. it would appear was successful.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, because Steven.
0: Because Steven. So, Steven. Yeah, you're right. Steven,
1: much like he is
0: unto us, is a curse unto <laughs> this Jamaican posse.
1: <laughs> well, so one thing that we did last week that I like is we talked about how accurate the title was. Yeah. <laughs> well, they and say the think, title in this one. Oh, they do. But when you think about it, not only was Steven marked for death, but Screwface was also marked for death.
0: That's true. A lot of people get marked for death in this movie.
1: It's a very dense text. Yeah. uh, Marked for death. Yeah. They're going to teach it in film schools.
0: Um.
1: (laughs) But So they go, Stephen and Keith David go to this really stupid fucking rock and roll bar. Just looks like an awful place to be. Yeah. Like Uh, a wannabe Buffalo Wild Wings.
0: I was really hoping that we would get to hear some of Stephen's uh, blues uh, tracks being played in the background at this place. But we were not so lucky as to be treated to that.
1: Well, we'll get to that later. <laughs> uh, what? <well, laughs> do you know what I'm talking about?
0: I um, uh, do. I. I, uh,
1: I don't think you do. Then. Yeah, I don't think I do. <laughs> if your response was a question. <laughs> yeah,
0: I don't. I'm beginning to think I might not know what you're talking about here. All right.
1: Well, we'll get to it later. Okay. Um, but yeah, they're in this bar. It's not Stevens' blues music. It's some really shitty, like Soundgarden grunge wannabe uh it made me mad <laughs> just the whole bar just aura was shitty and i was like well steven come on you can do better than this yeah
0: i was really fascinated and, and you know i didn't i didn't grow up in the uh, in the early 90s so i i don't know i was really fascinated by everybody just sort of like dancing and like having a nice time to this like grunge ripoff <laughs> music And i'm like was there ever a point in which uh, maybe there was i don't know
1: yeah that's what people were doing Yeah, at, you know Nirvana shows. <laughs>
0: they're just smiling, swinging. dancing, having a man.
1: Yeah. Putting out their pinkies and just sort of twirling them. <laughs> yeah.
0: I like think that was Kurt's whole deal, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's that's a it's a beautiful touch here in this
1: Yeah. yeah. Well, S- Stephen and Keith, they're bonding. You find out Keith David, he uh, wants to take out all these Drug dealers because his 13 year old nephew died in a crack house, which is heavy.
0: <laughs> yeah, real heavy.
1: Again, it's fucking heavy. Again, like the it's like, it's like, key man. <laughs> Just make him a little bit older. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah, you think If you said like a 20 year old nephew died in a crack house, it's like still pretty sad, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Like, anyone you, you know, know dies at a crack house. I'm going to feel for you. It doesn't have to be a 13-year-old child.
0: Yeah, no, it's um, it's pretty heavy. Um, but again, this is the part in the movie where, where like, the, the heaviness of the whole situation feels, like, not terribly out of place, I guess. Like, I, I don't know, that, that didn't, like... i mean it caught me off guard i was like jesus christ man
1: (laughs) no yeah it's not like um i can't think of any off the head examples but yeah there's definitely like the movie itself feels real enough to where it doesn't just feel like it's like tried to be you know like inflammatory or alarming or just you know yeah edgy it it does kind of fit the the heaviness of the movie or at least how heavy it wants to be and it tries to be and hell i'll give them you know i'll appreciate the effort yeah (laughs) certainly a for effort (laughs) yeah um and this is where we get steven really talking about how it's pointless to try and stop the drug dealers the drugs are going to be everywhere i think this is where he gives his like plug in the holes in the damn speech yeah and i feel for you, steve i get it yeah but uh the jamaicans show up anyway and the Colombians show up, and there's a, a big, uh, a shootout at the bar. And Stephen arrests the guy who is dealing drugs out on the football field, even though he can't. He's an ex DEA agent. He doesn't have that sort of power, but he arrests this dude. It's
0: so, uh, a, a, a citizen's arrest,
1: man. Yeah, <laughs> I, I guess.
0: <laughs> I don't know. You know, I guess even though Stevens retired i suppose he's still carrying handcuffs around <laughs>
1: yeah with him well i'm sure steven <laughs> realized carrying handcuffs
0: around <laughs> um, yeah th- those weren't those weren't props those were s- from steven's personal collection i suppose
1: yeah steven just pulled them out and everybody's like where did steven get the handcuffs <laughs> they're like don't 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 ask do not ask yeah i i'm you sure don't know. i'm sure
0: at this point people knew better than to talk to steven Seagal on set um wow well. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Um, But they arrest the drug dealer from the football field, and this is where you get the explanation about Jamaican gangs known as posses from this newscaster outside the bar. And um, the FBI come, and they start talking about some dude named Jimmy Fingers, (laughs) (laughs) which is a really good uh, mob (laughs) character name that was probably made up in like 30 seconds they're probably just typing it up and they're like what's a mob name they're like jimmy fingers (laughs) it's like ah jimmy fingers good
0: old jimmy fingers man
1: they call him that because he's great at piano yep
0: the dastardly jimmy fingers
1: (laughs) piano prodigy jimmy fingers (laughs) yeah
0: Yeah. he had a rough upbringing and he never realized his full potential jimmy fingers
1: And uh, they find this marking that was made on the wall, uh, presumably by the Jamaicans. And did, did you know that this lady that explains the markings, and then he, she ends up being like an expert on all of the Jamaican mysticism and gang activity, and Stephen keeps coming back to her to get more info. But did you know that she's a detective?
0: No. No um i <laughs> was under the impression for i think pretty much the whole movie uh, uh that she was like a reporter or, or i also something. thought
1: she was a reporter i yeah. have that in my notes i have a uh, lady question mark reporter question
0: mark <laughs> yeah i think that for like shorthand throughout the movie any scene that she was in i would be like steven talks with the reporter um, mm-hmm. I very much thought that she was a reporter in this movie.
1: Yeah, I did too. Yeah, interesting. Uh, but no, she is a detective. She is yeah. credited in the credits as Detective Leslie De- Devalos. I don't know, but detective. Yeah, which I suppose thinking so back. Detective.
0: Yeah, I suppose thinking back makes some sense because there is another scene with her and Steven where she has like files, like that look like case files. Now that I think back to it, and um, I suppose that would back up her being a detective <laughs> in the movie.
1: Well, its I don't believe it's ever said once. I really tried to figure out who this lady was, and uh, I was trying to figure out who the actress was, and I was looking at the cast list, and third on the cast list is this lady as the detective Leslie DeVallis. And I was just like, well, she's not a detective, so it can't be her, but... Yeah. <laughs> why, there's no other women in this movie.
0: <laughs> yeah, um, and of course, uh, being the only woman in this movie that is that is not steven's family she immediately wants to fuck (laughs) stevenson she
1: does she um they say that he's like not a functional detective or something because he's not a agent anymore and she's like he looks functional to me (laughs) (laughs) yeah looks like he works yeah it's like okay but she does they don't fuck they don't even like get really all that romantic at all they really don't uh, yeah i got so nervous but they really don't it was a true blessing. Thank you. Yeah. Marked for death.
0: Yes. Yeah. Th- shout out to Marked for death. I, um when, when this scene happened, I just wrote down like, I just wrote God damn it and underlined <laughs> it because I was like, I know what's coming next and I was wrong. Yep. I did not know what yeah. was coming next. Um, I did Me not, too. I did not expect of cell Steven at all.
1: Mm-mm. I guess there is the, the alternate possibility he's an in cell, but we have <laughs> yeah. to, the movie doesn't show him making any moves on this woman, so we have to assume that he's,
0: yeah, it's we have to uh, assume voluntarily. Vol. Yeah, yeah, we have to insult, assume vol versus in uh, at, at this point in time, at this juncture.
1: Yeah, we'll see though. Yeah,
0: yeah, we'll, we'll watch the deleted scenes and see if we can get mm-hmm. any evidence.
1: But then the uh, Jamaican guys go and they kill the the uh, lady who cursed Screwface, and uh, she's naked again. Yeah, <laughs> and they kill her. Yeah, it's like okay, I got gotcha. you. Mm-hmm. I got you, movie. It's fine. You don't need to. It's fine. Yeah,
0: it's cool.
1: Um, and I, I don't really know how we found this out, but a, I guess Jimmy Fingers is, is a mob guy who's funding the Jamaicans. I don't remember any scene that gives us that information. Yeah. But I have the note, and I remember that information. But I don't. <laughs> I don't remember how we even get that. I don't recall what part of the movie explains that to you yeah i remember I us talking it
0: about it i remember it being part of the movie i because um because uh there's a no way in hell i'm gonna forget the scene in which steven confronts jimmy fingers um <laughs> but we'll 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 get to that uh here in a second yeah. yeah
1: well he uh steven and keith david they're going for a run yeah Uh, Stephen's not running super fast, so it's not quite as goofy, but he's still kind of flopping his arms a little bit. Yep. Um, you get the same kind of conversation they've already had where Keith David wants to do something about the drug dealers and Stephen's like, no, no, sorry. Yeah. Uh, and then the Jamaicans end up doing a drive by, uh, assistance, (laughs) assistance, Stephen's sister's house. Yeah. And his niece gets shot. She's in the hospital. And then it just becomes hard to kill again.
0: <laughs> yep. Yeah, this is the moment where it becomes hard to kill.
1: And this is kind of when the movie takes a little bit of a, a, a downturn. It's still, for the most part, entertaining enough. I mm-hmm. would say, like, on par with Above the Law and its most entertaining yeah but it's just hard to kill again we're not talking senators but beyond that it's just hard to kill
0: this is the first movie where we don't have to worry about a uh senator
1: (laughs) that's true um he goes to find jimmy fingers
0: the scene here with uh with mr fingers yeah um provides I know you said there weren't wasn't so many great like funny quotes in this movie. No, this is a good one. But this this one's this good one. This one's great.
1: There's two right here actually.
0: Okay, um, uh, give me both yours here because I only got one.
1: Well, I imagine you have the first one. I think which is when he pulls the gun on Jimmy Fingers, Uh or Jimmy Fingers pulls a gun on him and says like, "You can't kill me. I'm a made fucking man." Yeah. And and Steven (laughs) blasts him and says. God made men. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, I was like, Steven, what does that mean? <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah. It sounded like half of a, of a statement. Like, like, I, just, I don't know, like the, <laughs> like the way that he delivered or something, he was like, God made men. <laughs> like, I don't know. He just kind of like leaves it with like this cadence where you think he's going to keep saying things. Yeah. <laughs> and he, just, he turns to the other guy and, um, to this joke. Yeah. Yeah.
1: There's another, um, I think it's the guy who's selling the kids on the football field crack. Yes. But I'm not entirely sure. But he, like, shows up out of nowhere. And um, Steven tries to interrogate him for info. And the guy's, like, "Screwface is going to kill me way worse than you will. Yeah. <laughs> and so he jumps out a window. So Stephen can't get any info from him. Yeah. And he gets back to the car with Keith David. And this is where I have the other line. He tells Keith David, uh, one thought he was invincible. The other thought he could fly. And Keith David says, so? And Stephen goes, they were both wrong. (laughs) Yeah. I like that one. I like uh, both those lines. There's a line coming up pretty soon that I think is the worst one we've heard yet. That is really what I was referring to.
0: Oh, great. Um, I'm excited for, I'm excited for that. Cause I don't think I have that written down. Really? Yeah. Uh, I, uh, I have the final line of the movie written down, which I thought was also great, but the
1: final line of the whole movie. Yeah.
0: But we'll get to that in a second. Uh, or okay, not in a second. I don't think Wait, I have. Yeah. I, th- no, I, th- uh, I think it's, done, it's I, yeah, I think it's the very last line of the movie. Unless, unless there is one that I forgot about. I checked out after he said this. So, <laughs> uh,
1: <okay. laughs> um, uh, all right, maybe it's well, still like twenty minutes after you.
0: <laughs> no, I ball. promise it's after he. It's after he kills the. Well, you know what? That's that's a bit of a spoiler. We haven't gotten to the uh, yeah. to the final bad guy yet, so uh, we'll get to that. That's what I'm saying. We'll get to this here soon.
1: No problem. No problem. No problem. Um, but the FBI—they know Stevens involved, and this is where we really start to meet uh, Charles, the Jamaican cop. Right. He starts to. Um, I think that when the FBI guy is like, this is definitely John Hatcher. He shouldn't be involved. And you kind of get the impression that Charles is like, hey, man, as long as he's taking these dudes out, you know, it's fine with me. This is where you first kind of get the idea that he's going to be down to help Stephen. Yeah. And then Stephen goes to meet the uh, lady who's apparently a detective. And while he's there... She's like, she says something to him along the lines of like, they're going to come after your family. And it's like, this is the first time this has occurred to (laughs) Stephen because he immediately calls his sister and he's like, is everything okay? And um, there's supposed to be cops watching her, but the cops gone. And then the line goes dead and Stephen, you know, he's got to get out there. He's got to save the day. Uh, and somehow the Jamaicans have gotten into his sister's house and set up all of the stuff for the ritual murder without her even noticing. <laughs> There's like candles everywhere, the tables laid out and they've got their uh, symbols everywhere. And the thing that stood out to me about this was the scene where they're like, you know, grabbing the sister and they're tying her to the table and they're gonna murder her and it's very unpleasant and the music's, you know, spooky tense. And it's cutting between that and Steven driving to the house. And Steven's driving to the house, and it's like fucking ACDC style, just like <laughs> mission music. He's just driving. It's just like, brown, browner, no browner, brown. And then it cuts back, and she's like screaming, and the music's like John Carpenter shit. <laughs> and then it cuts back to Steven driving. I was just like, Jesus Christ, I was getting whiplash. Yeah. Um, and I thought he was going to just drive straight into this house. <laughs> Yeah, I I was all ready for it, and then instead he just sort of parks the car and he gets out and he walks in the front fucking door.
0: Yeah, and uh, and everybody's gone. Um,
1: yeah, it's, all, it's over.
0: Yeah, it's all over. There's no fight. It's fine. Yeah, there's no okay. There's no encounter. There's no fight. There's nothing. Uh, everybody just kind of dips. Um, Stephen doesn't. Yeah. Stephen doesn't try to go after him or anything. Um,
1: it's kind of a, a useless scene. Yeah that does nothing yeah Cause um, they've already come after his family when they shot the niece so we've already kind of got the personal angle we don't need any more of it
0: yeah um yeah I, you don't even get an action scene yeah they don't they don't raise any stakes here um, <laughs> nothing you know because like if they had killed his sister or something then like like yeah maybe this would have been worth having in right <laughs> but yeah. like uh no yeah it's just it's just nothing
1: one thing that I will say about all three of these movies we've watched, like 90 minutes each. Like, each is solid. Specifically, like, yeah. Like 90, maybe, you know, 92. But they haven't even hit over 100 minutes. And I, I just, like I said, I, I can truly appreciate and respect that.
0: Yeah, no, I'm a big fan of that. Every time I look at the length of these movies, I, <laughs> it, it, it makes me feel a little better about doing the whole thing. I'm yeah, like, all it's right, like, okay, it's just an okay. hour and a half. It'll be fine. <laughs>
1: yeah. Uh, very so mm. sorry <laughs> sorry i'm just practicing yeah, yeah yeah sure this is our new segment uh i got another grunt chat
0: <laughs> yeah grunt chat
1: yeah We gotta start grunting halfway through just to keep up the energy yeah yeah
0: just to keep the make sure the listeners at home are, are still engaged yeah
1: did, we never even uh, introduced ourselves on this one.
0: Yeah, well, you know, we figure at this point you got to be with the fucking program. So
1: yeah, that's true. Yeah, um, <laughs> nobody's starting. Nobody's starting in on this one. Yeah, man, one they're time. gonna be lost. They're not gonna know what's going on. Yeah, but anyway, I think like, that who actually, uh, who the hell is Steven?
0: Yeah, anyway, I think that that's a great point. I think that uh, I think that we should uh, go ahead and inter- introduce ourselves right now okay uh, yeah so anyway this is steven Do you want destroy. to start over <laughs> yeah you know what let's just start the whole episode over so this okay. is steven destroy uh we le- we watch every steven seagal movie so you don't have to i'm dylan jones and <laughs> and that's it folks thanks for tuning in
1: <laughs> i'm i'm james barrett uh best start believing in steven seagal podcasts you're in one
0: great I'm glad we got got the opportunity to do that.
1: So this week we're talking about Marked for Death, 1990, directed by Dwight H. Little. Uh, (laughs) Okay. Yeah, that's a good fit. Um, All right. (laughs) uh, Nice little diversion. A little little talk about something other than Steven. Yeah. um, (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> so just anything to not have to think about steven for of, just a minute of course
0: yeah um so hey uh i think that we're at uh, something of a chase scene now right i think that we're about, we are yeah uh in which and yeah so uh a thing for me in, in this series is that i i've been talking about how i was gonna keep track of steven seagal's like motherfucker count because mm-hmm. to me in the steven seagal movies that i have seen his usage of the phrase uh, it's among the only memorable things in any given Steven Seagal movie. Um, just because he's so weird, and you know, he's just Steven Seagal. He does not use it a single time in this movie. Uh, as far as I can, really, as far as I can remember.
1: But uh, wh- I think you put. I think you picked the wrong bit.
0: Yeah, I think I did because there is a bit that absolutely should be at this point being kept track of, and I guess it kind of is. Is that this is now three movies in a row in which Steven Seagal and company decimate a convenience store of some kind <laughs> 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 or, or a store <laughs> a store this is not a convenience yeah. store this is like a jewelry store or something yeah it's,
1: it's like a, it's a jewelry store yeah sort of um but, but somebody's <laughs> somebody's lifeblood the way somebody feeds their family <laughs> we, <laughs> steven yeah. just absolutely ruining it
0: yeah um uh, but this time you, you mentioned that you would really wish that we had get, uh, steven had driven through the driven the car That's through the true. walls uh we do get a car driven through the walls of this convenience store today
1: yeah, well, you're getting ahead of it. Uh, a little. Bit, I want to yeah. <laughs> I I get to uh, the worst line that not only I've heard in any of these Steven movies so far, but maybe in any movie ever, maybe just the worst thing I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> uh, Stephen and Keith David, they're st- uh, staking out some Jamaican dudes who are selling drugs, and Stephen pulls up on them, and they go, "You want some blow." Okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm here. All right. I'm I'm on the Steven, edge of my seat. Stephen's response: Yes, I want some blow. Put your hands where I can see them, or I'm gonna blow your head off. <laughs> you know, it's 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 it's, bad. it's 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 pretty. It's just bad. It's pretty it's bad. It's not even goofy. It's just bad. Yeah. No. It's. I was just like Stephen. Yeah. Um, is steven just coming up with these on the spot ad-libbing them on set
0: <laughs> genuinely that sound that's like i don't know man like that's it's like really that's that's dad joke tear to where it's like really bad. yeah i know
1: all of the one-liners in these fucking movies are so bad
0: <laughs> yeah well i and mean like besides god made man no mean, that was so bad <laughs> you know it. no, no yeah no it's, it's awful insanely no, bad
1: <laughs> yeah um like I I don't know if that is part of his shtick now that all of the one-liners are just genuinely terrible.
0: No, I can't but imagine it. But they're so
1: bad. Like I don't think there's been a single actually just good one. And I mean, all like you know those like pseudo witty one-liners are probably gonna be genuinely bad. But these aren't even like excusable. Yeah.
0: No. It's it's um. It's pretty rough.
1: Yeah. But they do drive away, and the bad guys end up driving straight into this jewelry store, and we get a nice little uh fight scene they're blasting at each other in the store full of civilians uh you get this part where one of them uh one of the drug dealers puts a knife to this lady's throat and steven's (laughs) tactic is just going go ahead and kill her i don't care about her i don't know this lady just kill her (laughs) kill her i don't care and of course it's supposed to be that steven's like catching the guy off guard until he can get close enough to you know punch him in the face but i i I don't know (laughs) it's just not very heroic watching steven who towers over this dude and this lady just being like kill her i don't care yeah. i don't know this woman
0: yeah it's She's a to me. it's a it's a technique i i don't know i've ever seen utilized in a movie before of uh just being like oh yeah go ahead kill her i don't give a shit dude just fuck kill her. i
1: i don't think it's been utilized by the good guys
0: yeah yeah certainly but i i suppose that working with steven Seagal can make any writer or director uh, <laughs> think a little bit differently about who the good and the bad guys are. Um yeah.
1: Well, we do get a gross uh, scene where he breaks a dude's wrist here. Yep. Uh,
0: um, I, I wrote that specifically. I was like, this is so gross. It's it's gross again.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I, I've seen a lot of movies, and I've seen a lot of movies where nasty shit happens, but there's something about the way Steven just breaks these dudes' limbs that is so unsettling. And, and he's just I've, so
0: like lifeless when he does it, too. It's just yeah, like,
1: and. I I think it's like the sounds and the the way it looks and it's always these like long shots where he's like holding their arms and like struggling as opposed to like a clean, quick break. Yeah. And and I guess it's also got to do with the fact that he's supposed to be an action hero and most of the time you see people doing these like horrific acts of violence. They're like again, the bad guys or something. Yeah. And but it's just so nasty. It's just so unpleasant even if it's not like particularly gory like again people are getting their hands chopped off and it's not nearly as unpleasant oh yeah that stuff's actually seeds.
0: fine yeah like the people getting yeah. their their hands cut off their heads cut off we all we saw all kinds of shit get cut off in this movie and i get none of it's <laughs> none of it's a big deal um no. uh, but it's it's this shit Stephen, just busting people open man busting people in half that um yeah it's pretty unpleasant yeah
1: and then we get uh, Stevens driving home, and he gets led down a construction detour, and uh, the, it's been set up by the Jamaican guys apparently, because they plan it so he's boxed in by a truck and a bulldozer, and uh, they have they have Steven, they push Steven's car forward into the bulldozer until like the I don't know the teeth of the bulldozer. I don't know my bulldozer anatomy. Yeah, sure. But, like the. The mouth, the teeth, the lip, whatever, <laughs> yeah. gets driven into like through the windshield, and he has to duck underneath it. Now he's trapped in the car. Yeah. And then they throw a, Mol- a Molotov cocktail in the car. They sure do. And and it's like, how's Steven gonna get out of this one? Yeah, and it's and it's not
0: just they that it's not just gang uh, or posse members, I suppose, that do it. It's it's Screwface in particular, if I remember. Oh right. yeah, yeah, in it's the personal,
1: Screwface. Yep. Yep. Um, and it's i guess tense i mean it's not like you think that the movie's gonna end with steven dying yeah but i was like how's he gonna get out of this one yeah "Yeah, this is kind of interesting
0: yeah i thought this scene was actually like pretty all right um
1: that no i don't we haven't seen anything like this where there's like any this whole movie actually so far is the only one where there's ever any scenes where it seems like steven's in genuine danger having a hard time at all yeah
0: seriously uh
1: and and I, I like uh, shit like this, where it's like somebody's trapped. And it's like how they're going to get out. And Steven's been in those situations before, but it's just not made with a sense of suspense. And I think that's intentional. I think Steven doesn't ever want it to seem like he might not succeed. Yeah. <laughs> Unaware that is what makes good drama. <laughs> yeah. But uh, I was pretty disappointed when, at the end of this whole sequence, he just is able to crawl out. It's just like, oh, they didn't trap him in well enough. There actually was room for him to wiggle out like a little rat. Yeah. Um, I was like, oh, okay, that's it. I, I'd, have, I'd have been happier okay.
0: even with like Steven Seagal showing some sort of superhuman strength and like like lifting the bulldozer up <laughs> yeah, over his head or actually, something. That would have been a lot more fun. But yeah, he just that would have been
1: fucking insane.
0: <laughs> he just kind of wiggles out like a rat. It's yeah. Uh, it's like oh okay yeah all right (laughs) well all right well cool
1: i guess this scene's over now yeah (laughs)
0: um and so yeah then it's extra disappointing because after that happens it's like well there wasn't really any point in any of this was there like this didn't really add very much at all um so yeah you hate to see it
1: (laughs) well then you get keith david and steven going to buy uh weapons on the black market yeah and Steven knows this dude and he there's this weird fucking moment where they're buying uh, the black market weapons and I don't know if you even would have noticed this but he just casually asked the dude if he's still sober oh yeah and he's like yep four years and it's just this weird shit that it really reminded me of the flower shop scene in the room
0: yeah he was just like yeah man just uh, he like tells him to stay off of something he's like it's like stay off the oxy man <laughs> It's yeah. like stay away from that stuff all right
1: yeah it's just like i why is this here why <laughs> did they feel the need to put this in this movie yeah. and i i know i'm so sure that that was steven i like I feel like anytime there's these weird moments or any other movie, you would just have it be like quiet. Steven's like, well, somebody has to talk. (laughs) They have to know. I know this guy. Otherwise they'll think, how did he meet him?
0: Yeah. Um, and so this is when the, the Jamaican, uh, police officer, right. Comes to Charles, Charles. This is when Charles comes through.
1: Yeah. And you get a really nice montage of Steven and them just blasting the hell out of some meat to test all their weapons. Yep. And he's like sniping these, uh, oh, God, it's pretty good. <laughs> he's just like sniping these giant, you know, chopped up cows. And all the the other guys, Keith David and Charles, are just like smiling at each other, just like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, when you shoot Hell those yeah. cows. And Stephen's blast them away. It's pretty cool. Yeah. And then they go to Jamaica, and you get that really weird moment where Charles says it's okay for Keith David to be racist. <laughs>
0: right um also they managed to to bring a lot of guns with them um to jamaica <laughs> That's
1: true. i didn't even think of that yeah. yeah
0: and so like i don't know whenever i watch like you know movies from uh the 90s and such like i, I think like man we're like, like they don't even th- think to explain this. I'm like, was it yeah. was it like, was it like really that easy to just like bring whatever the fuck he wanted onto airplanes? Like I, I've never yeah, I've man. never lived in a time in which it was so like I don't know, but like maybe it was man, maybe it was just Mary everybody's like, oh yeah, man, we're gonna bring like seven assault rifles on a plane to Jamaica. Well, there <laughs> they
1: they there is one moment, and it's never really like elaborated on, but in that montage, Keith David like hides a gun in a video camera
0: oh yeah i must have missed that jesus
1: it's it's just like one shot in the montage and it's not like there's ever a scene where they're opening all of their shit to like s- show how they've smuggled in these weapons or anything yeah but i i do now that you bring it up i do remember that one one moment where they're like hiding a handgun in a video camera but that doesn't explain steven's like massive sniper rifles <laughs> yeah and stuff. With
0: like his silencers and shit so
1: yeah they put in like a cello game. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah.
0: Um. But anyway, uh, they managed to get yeah. themselves to, to Jamaica.
1: And they go to Screwface's club, or like a club where his girlfriend is, or something, you know, it's yeah. not <laughs> and super so clear. Is
0: this the musical thing that you were uh, yes. referring to earlier, where they've written a song about, about Screwface?
1: Yes, they've written a song about Screwface. But Stephen and uh, Jimmy Cliff, who is a legitimate musician, they, they wrote it together.
0: Oh, See, this I didn't know. They wrote know. it
1: together. Mm-hmm. Steven wrote some of the lyrics, and the lyrics are very upfront. Uh, one of them is just, screw face, you know your time has come. Yeah. It's it's very upfront about this being the theme song to the movie, which I love that shit. I wish more movies had theme songs in general <laughs> that like played in the movie. Yeah. So I, I, I dug this. But Steven co-wrote it, and apparently, and I have not listened to it, but supposedly on the studio version, he sings it with Jimmy Cliff. Oh, fuck. Oh fuck. So okay, we'll have yeah. To, we'll have to pull it up. Yeah,
0: we'll uh, we'll do an addendum at the. Uh, <laughs> we'll start next episode off with our review of the the song. Okay. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh, they go to they get info from his girlfriend, from Screwface's girlfriend about where his mansion is. Again, I guess she never outright says anything, but it like becomes kind of clear that she's probably going to talk. But there's a definite sense by like this third half of the movie or that. Third third <laughs> third yeah, act. Yeah. Uh, third act of the movie, that it's just like they're trying to wrap it up. Yeah. So they're just like, all right, Steve we gotta get steve to this mansion. So he just is able to find the girlfriend and find the mansion. And Keith, David, and Charles just like hang back and let Steven go at it alone.
0: Pretty much, yeah. Uh, and when they meet with um Screwface's uh girlfriend or, or whatever relationship. Yeah, his his girlfriend. Um this is when she mentions that there are two screw faces.
1: Um, That's true. So yeah, she says he's got, what, two heads and four eyes?
0: Uh, yeah, Thanks. think so. He's got two heads and four mm-hmm. eyes. Yeah. Um, which, you know, was a kind of roundabout way of just being like, hey, he's got a twin brother. But. Um,
1: well, I, I thought that that was just, you know, whatever. I didn't even take that as, like, foreshadowing or anything. Yeah. It meant nothing to me. It was in one ear and out the other. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, but... <laughs> So they go and uh, Steven's at Screwface's mansion, and he's you know slaughtering his henchmen, and uh, he does his signature move—he snaps a man's neck with his single arm again. Yeah, he does it every movie so far. It really is. I think it's a signature move. Yeah. Um, And Screwface gets Steven and ties him up, and again, just like in Above the Law. (laughs) steven just rips his arms up like it's absolutely nothing it's a total like pointless moment to have him tied up yeah
0: that's why i was hoping he'd lift um, the bulldozer man it's just like f- fucking at this point like there that <laughs> we've never seen anything contain steven seagal before so
1: yeah well and in, in above the law it's like zip ties which i mean are pretty hard to break but in this one it's like fucking leather straps or something that he just rips apart with his arm yeah so it's yeah it's intense uh and he also breaks another man's arm in this scene, too. Not only does he snap a neck, but he's snapping an arm again. Yep. Uh, another signature move. Yep. Not as much as him getting that neck, though. Uh... <laughs> uh <laughs> uh-huh.
0: Ooh, uh, boy!
1: not that kind of podcast.
0: Yeah. Ooh, we're going to uh, we're gonna have to wrap this one up, James, if you want to go ahead. It's getting uh, a little
1: hot and heated Yeah, here. this is
0: the first R-rated episode of uh, Stephen Destroy.
1: <laughs> Stephen Destroy after dark. Ooh.
0: Yikes, man. All right.
1: Um, <laughs> um, welcome back to Stephen Destroy. Yeah. So Screwface comes at him with a sword, and uh, Stephen... Flip Screwface's sword, so he slices him right in the balls. <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah.
1: And then he chops his head off.
0: Yep. And it's uh it sucks, man. And <laughs> 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 the ship blows.
1: It um, was kind of a, a letdown. Yeah. It was kinda of like, oh, okay. Yeah. Black <laughs> Screwface.
0: Yeah, okay. But we're not done yet, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. No. We are not done. And
1: yet. I oh man. All right. So they they go to a club run by the posse and are like, "Look, Screwface is dead," and they show his his sword, I believe, and then also Charles holds up his severed fucking head, yep, uh, and and are like, "No, he's definitely dead, dude." Yeah, and then uh, Charles gets like stabbed, and Screwface is just <laughs> there behind him, having stabbed him. Yep, and and you talked about that line in the uh the club where she says he's got two heads and four eyes and how that means he's got a twin brother which is what it turns out but when this happened were you already like oh he's got a twin brother whatever
0: yeah i, I because i kind of had to to figure that there was no way not even in a steven seagal movie that the the final fight scene with the with this <laughs> this character uh with Screwface was just going to be steven cutting his head off in like a, a two second battle
1: that's fair the thing for me was there's was like 15 minutes left in the movie yeah that too but <laughs> uh so but so when charles starts like it's very clear when he's been like stabbed because he's you don't see that he's been stabbed he's just like Ugh, uh, uh. uh but when that started happening and screw face pops up you were like pretty immediately like oh his twin brother yeah pretty much i was like oh there's two oh, of them okay. yeah interesting. See, <laughs> for me, <laughs> the before you see Screwface like is back, uh ch- again, Charles just sort of starts like acting funny, and I believed he was being possessed by the soul of Screwface because he was holding the severed head. Well,
0: to be fair, that would not be um, that out of place. I don't think in this movie.
1: I I was pretty disappointed. I th- I was I was like I, I like paused it and readjusted myself and was like holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> and then Screwface comes back, but I still did not put the twin brother thing. I thought that Screwface actually did come back from the dead and was again like okay, this is interesting. So I was I was let down either way, but I I, I didn't pick up on that at all. Uh, so Steven Kills a bunch more people to get to the new Screwface, which, yeah, it turns out it's, it's this twin, whatever. But when he meets new Screwface, they get into a sword fight, and it's pretty long. Almost too long, some might say.
0: <laughs> One could argue.
1: But it, it was nice. I think it's the first fight scene in any of these movies where it's like Steven's trying, you know, where he's not immediately killing the person. Yeah. Even... Um, the end of Above the Law, he beats uh, Zagon pretty quick and hard to kill, there's not like any one guy that gives him a hard time. This is the first time that there's been any sort of, like, actual effort on Steven's part to beat the bad guy, and I truly appreciated it.
0: Yeah, honestly. Like, you get kind of fucking tired of just watching Steven Seagal just eviscerate any opponent that comes before him. Yeah,
1: well, it's why he comes off like fucking Michael Myers, just like some unstoppable force, whereas here he's like an action hero, like a human being, and it's not bad. I mean, it's not a bad fight scene at all. Um. And then he just fucking decimates Screwface. Yeah, he just absolutely ruins him. Um, yeah,
0: it's gross again. <laughs> you
1: know, it's, it's beyond gross. It's just absolutely insane. Uh, so I have the full list of everything he does to Screwface too.
0: Okay, great. Because uh, there's really only one thing here that I particularly cared about, and I have a feeling you probably know what it is.
1: Well, so Abby gouges out his eyes first. Yeah, that was really the big Um,
0: one. Gouging his eyes out was the big... uh,
1: Yeah, yeah, it's gross. It's It's grody, Yeah, and it doesn't even end the fight. Like, even after he just... And he does it with his thumbs. He just drives his thumbs into this dude's eyes. But it doesn't end the fight. They're still sword fighting.
0: Yeah, the man keeps fighting with him.
1: Yeah, but eventually he gets a hold of him, and he snaps him in half on his knee like Bane, just, like, drops him. Uh, And then after he's already broken this dude in half, he throws him down an elevator shaft where at the bottom, he gets impaled by a piece of metal. Yeah. He just fucking ruins this dude. Yeah, no, it's, uh, Um,
0: it's, it's pretty drastic.
1: (laughs) And then I have that. They just walk away carrying Charles's body and the movie's over, but you said you had like the last line.
0: Yeah. Well, after he throws him down the elevator shaft, he, he kind of looks away from the camera and says, I hope they weren't triplets. And then, oh, yeah.
1: <laughs> um, Which is not... I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, that's fair, Steve, and I also... <laughs>
0: yeah, you know what? Good call.
1: I'm glad the movie's over, so I also hope that they're not triplets.
0: Yeah, so it was... Um,
1: yeah, it's Marked for Death. That's Marked for Death, Directed man. by Dwight H. Little.
0: Yeah. That's
1: um, fine. It's fine. It's totally fine. Yeah,
0: it's a fine movie, you
1: know? All right. So I already brought up some of the IMDB trivia. There really isn't anything particularly interesting for this one either, at least that I didn't feel the need to already bring up. Um, I will say a recurring bit we do is we kind of test the limits of our theory that IMDB is nonsense and you can add whatever you want to the trivia. And we're making our mark on Steven Seagal lore. Uh, By the end of this, there's going to be a whole generation of Steve heads that are going to just think total lies about Steven Seagal. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's fine.
0: (laughs) It's okay. We're not that proud of it. (laughs) No, I
1: I think those Steve heads can handle it. They don't, you know. If you're going to be a huge Steven Seagal fan, you know, you're probably not that interested in the truth anyway. (laughs) So uh, last week for Hard to Kill, our fact was, after seeing the final cut of the film, Kelly LeBrock filed for divorce from Steven Seagal immediately. (laughs) This is a pretty easily verifiable uh, lie because the movie came out in 1990 and they got divorced in like 94, 96, Uh, but it's up there. IMDb approved it. No hesitation. Yeah, It's now made its mark on hard to kill forever. So Dylan, have you thought about what you want your marked for death fact to be?
0: Um, I have been thinking about it a little bit and... um, um, I actually have a, a, a kind of a two-part question here before I before I go forth with my with my answer. And the okay. the, the first one is probably a pretty obvious answer, but I don't know. This was the early 90s, and Stephen was <laughs> kind of popular, so I'm not entirely sure. But w- would we wager... <laughs> I, the, as soon, I, you know what? I just thought about saying this out loud, and it's a pretty st- stupid fucking question, but I'm going to say it anyway. Yeah, but, I mean, you have to anyway. We're, yeah. we're pretty certain that Predator 2 made more money than this movie, right?
1: Actually, I have no idea. I They didn't make another Predator movie for like over 10 years. so Interesting. Let me look it up. This made $58 million on a $12 million budget. It's pretty good. Which, yeah, it's not bad. Predator 2, and I'm just using Wikipedia. I'm not even going to box office <coughs> mojo, but... Yeah. Whatever. So Predator 2 to wikipedia 57.1 oh, less money
0: jesus okay so that's less
1: than a million dollar difference
0: so that's gonna have to that's gonna have to change my my fact a little bit
1: what was your fact gonna be
0: well my fact is gonna be that steven seagal is is, is gonna challenge uh, who directed uh uh two
1: <laughs> okay um <laughs> Stephen hopkins
0: yeah that steven seagal was gonna challenge Stephen hopkins to a uh, to a fight um to to prove who the better man was because predator 2 had made slightly more money than
1: than marked for death um but it didn't but so it we gotta, didn't so got to figure out a way to tweak that so
0: yeah so now we're gonna now we have to change it we're gonna say that that <laughs> we're gonna say that steven seagal uh made crank calls to uh, <laughs> uh what was his name again steven um Hopkins Stephen Hopkins he made a bunch of crank calls to Stephen Hopkins to uh to ask him which movie made more money uh (laughs) after uh the release of uh the two movies whichever one came first yeah um yeah that's uh, I think that's what we're gonna roll with here Stephen Seagal was making uh, crank calls to specifically for Predator 2 he didn't care about anything else that came out that year
1: Alright, so I have Steven Seagal made several crank calls to Predator 2 director Stephen Hopkins, bragging that his film made more money than <laughs> Predator 2. I'm gonna say this film instead of Predator 2. I'll just say marked for that. Yeah.
0: I think that's really good. I think that this is uh that this, yeah, is, like that this is a good one. So yeah, there you All have it.
1: All right, let's submit that update. Okay. So what we do at the end of every episode, and we've already established that people are well-versed in the world of Stephen Destroy by now, of course. Yeah, of course. But what we do at the end of every episode is we basically give a sentencing to Steven Seagal based on that film that we then add on to the sentencing from previous movies, and then we add that to the life sentence he already deserves. So, well, real quick, actually, before we get to that... Last week, we made some predictions about marked for death. I completely forgotten about this. Yeah. But, so my prediction was that he would be a cop, which is like half correct. He's an ex-DA agent. Yeah. But I, I would say probably, that's probably false. Um, s- snap someone's neck with one arm. Yeah. Which was correct. And was, I think, my, the one that I was most confident about in the first place. And then a lady he's involved with will die. So I was only one for three because no women that he's involved with die. The niece gets shot, but does not <coughs> die. Yeah. And then, Dylan, you predicted that there would be corrupt cops, which is also incorrect. Yeah. Surprising amount of surprises. Yeah. And <laughs> marked for death. All right. So back to the sentencing. Uh, what, what are you thinking? what's
0: your what's your sentence so i'm gonna sentence this i guess kind of relative to steven seagal movies and right fair enough and relative to knowing that under siege is coming um (laughs) and knowing that under siege is our best our best bet um, yeah
1: we're putting a lot of stake in under siege man yeah we are
0: but i i'd say i think that this movie did lessen the the need for under siege to be you know, actually like pretty good. Um, Yeah. Because this movie was actually like kind of all right. Um, So I'm going to have a pretty lenient sentencing here for Steven. I'm going to say that he owes me 18 months uh, in jail for this movie. Um, Year and a half. Okay. Um, Yeah. Uh, This is significantly lower than anything we've done so far
1: no yeah for sure and uh, um,
0: maybe the lowest he'll ever see depending on how under siege goes <laughs>
1: <laughs> wow yeah that's very lenient i oof my i'm going four years four
0: years yeah
1: yeah i mean it it's again i get that you said relative and that's still how i'm kind of doing it i did five years for above the law and i don't know it's a little bit Better in some ways, a little bit worse in some, but for the most part I think it's it's a step above above the law, but not by a whole lot. Yeah. So I'm going four years.
0: Yeah. I I think I think this is the only one that uh, aside from like there being just absolutely grotesque death scenes in this movie, I like I didn't feel totally sick to my stomach watching this one. Um Mm -hmm. and um so yeah, I thought this one was like kinda okay.
1: Yeah, so uh, as of uh, last week at Hard to Kill, we had him at life plus 33 years, so Steven's current sentence is life plus 38.5 years. Not too bad. Not too bad, but we are also only three movies in, which if we're counting, uh, what we're going to be doing is the Saturday Night Live episode, also his Roseanne episode. So counting that, we still have 52. We are now officially at one year left of steven seagal movies damn and saturday Night live
0: and we of course have a blood oath uh james and i do um so um we will be here on april 20th well i guess may- maybe not april 26 2021 as i suppose um maybe days will you know, move around a little uh, bit. The day will change. The day it will, will not change. Be it, will not day. Be, it will not be the same and, and day. And we
1: might miss a week. Yeah.
0: I mean, who knows? Well, that's what I'm saying. We have a blood oath. We're not allowed to miss one.
1: Um. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, uh, I, our, our blood oath said, we. I, I said, specifically, we could miss a couple weeks yes. because shit happens, yes. but it's not like we're, you know, putting it off. We'll have to have a good excuse. Yep.
0: Um, but uh, yeah, it'll be pretty close to a year from now that we will... Uh, that we will be done with this
1: <laughs> And I, I've been thinking And I, I'm going to bring it up now Just so that we can get it out there What if we just Start start over um, After we finish Oh <laughs> not, not like just <laughs> next week We do above the law But once we've d- watched Every movie we just start over And we just do it in pe- perpetuity For the rest of our lives <laughs>
0: That, um, ask me, and you can write this down, uh, ask me on week 26 about this. Week
1: 26. Okay, I will. Um, and I, I, I don't, I'm not saying I want to do it. Yeah,
0: but we might have
1: to. I'm just saying, I thought about it. Yeah. I'm just going to put on week 26, what if we do that? Wait, hold on. Actually, this isn't week 26 because the numbering is wrong. So this would be the real week 26. Yeah. what if we do this forever yeah
0: <laughs> and um spring it on me because i think i'll probably forget by then so uh just spring the question
1: on me all right and um yeah um in terms of just what we're keeping it at for now with just <laughs> 52 more weeks and then we're done yeah how are you feeling um our weekly check-in I'm gonna make a theme song for this segment. It's gonna be our weekly wellness check.
0: Yeah, um, it, it's fine.
1: <laughs> you know what? That I I could not have said it better myself. It's it's fine. It's, Whatever. It's fine. Um, I'm not pissed about it. I don't. It's, it's fine. It's fine.
0: Uh, before we get ourselves into a situation like last week which um, our many followers may remember um, mm-hmm. we forgot yeah, it was uproar we forgot about a segment. Um, are we missing any segments today or have we I uh, do not
1: believe so you've already said that the motherfucker count for marked for death is zero. yeah we did not get so in already got that in
0: yeah, of course my motherfucker count is completely unreliable um yeah but (laughs) but from as far as i can remember during the movie and i was waiting for him i was waiting for him um none not one not one in this movie not a
1: single motherfucker
0: and i of course will not be able to watch that uh, movie again until in theory 55 weeks from now (laughs) Uh, uh... (laughs) you brought it up buddy
1: I did. Yeah, I just I was just I was. Just You're
0: just spitballing. There there? You're just throwing it out there. Maybe that's what's gonna happen. Maybe I'm just gonna slowly make it seem as though we already agreed on that. Um, hmm. <laughs> and then by week twenty six, you won't have to ask because you'll already know.
1: Yeah, that's uh, let's let's just. I think I think week twenty six is a good.
0: Yeah, that's a uh, that's a good time to think about because we'll be pretty. You know, th- I don't think that there's an even halfway point in this, is there?
1: Um, technically, because I think we had. 55 and this is again counting out SNL uh so there would not be like a halfway there would be one that would be the middle I guess which would be I think if I'm good at math 23 okay
0: well then maybe or, maybe on week yeah 23
1: well that's fine I already put it for twenty-six. yeah who cares it doesn't matter none of this matters fine. <laughs> exactly <laughs> yeah all right uh, so next week we're doing out for justice from 1991 um yeah. Do you want to make any predictions for it? Like we did for marked for death. I don't really know what those would be aside from that. He's certainly going to stab somebody's neck with a single arm. Yeah. Um, yeah, I
0: don't know, man, you know, somebody's going to threaten his family. He's going to, he's, he's going to kill a bunch of people. So it'll be gross. Yeah, It's going to be gross. It's, you know, you're, you already know what the movie's going to be.
1: That's yeah, going to be the same as every other one. Yeah.
0: That's again, I think we kind of touched on this earlier. That is, by far the most startling and horrifying part of all of this is is realizing that not only do we have to watch all of these movies, but they're all going to be the same movie.
1: There are occasional breaks, uh, which I brought up. I mean, the Saturday Night Live episode it will be a break. Yeah, for sure. Um, slash Roseanne. Do not forget that we've also agreed to watch an episode of Roseanne. Yeah. Um, Which will be really interesting because I have no real familiarity with the show Roseanne at all.
0: Yeah, you know what? I don't either. Um, I mean, it, it's like a, it's a sitcom, uh, right? As as yeah. I recall. So you know, I, <laughs> yeah, it's a sitcom. I, 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 I've never watched either. I just <laughs> um, John Goodman's in it, right? Mm-hmm. All right. Well, I like John Goodman.
1: Well, yeah. yeah, I mean, it's it's supposed to be a, a good enough show. Yeah,
0: it ran like fucking forever, didn't it? Like it was like
1: yeah, it had ten years, and they brought it back, and it's technically still on it doesn't have Roseanne in it anymore right but it's got all the rest of the cast John Goodman's on it and I have actually watched that I watched like the first episode after they changed it from Roseanne to the Connors and it meant nothing to me because I had no familiarity with the characters but I was curious about it sure (laughs) John Goodman looks awful (laughs) like he, he really he looks like he's in bad shape damn but well okay uh, on that note
0: (laughs) on that note this has been the john goodman podcast
1: yeah um we will be watching on week uh it looks like 36 uh the onion movie the what (laughs) the onion movie
0: what is what is that
1: (laughs) i think it's like a uh like a sketch movie uh like the onion you know
0: oh 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 like the the publication (laughs) yeah yeah i suppose that i suppose that's the word okay i don't know what i kept thinking you were saying but i I was like is he saying onion okay (laughs) the onion okay well um i can't wait for that
1: (laughs) yeah that'll be a different movie that'll be different steven's in it in some capacity
0: god good lord
1: it is wild though the amount of movies that he's like the old, like the lead in. Very few actors, I believe, have you know this many movies and are also the lead in all but like three of them. Yeah,
0: it's pretty terrifying. I think we get
1: like three movies where Steven's not the lead. Yeah. But we'll see. All right, so join us next week on Steven Destroy for Out for Justice, the exact same movie all over again. <laughs> uh yeah this is almost killing? this is
0: almost a, sa- a same movie every week podcast this is like just borders on not being that
1: yeah save uh, uh, yeah it saves us a little bit of sanity but just barely just just barely all right okay you want to take us out uh, you want gonna pull us out you ready god
0: i'm never ready for this
1: uh <laughs> yeah don't lie to me yeah you're right i think i right. think i
0: think about it every night before i go to sleep
1: you say it a little to yourself. Yeah, I say
0: it to myself in the mirror. Um, <laughs> okay, yeah.
1: So right, I'm waiting patiently.
0: Yeah, uh, this has been Stephen Destroy. Uh, we thank you from the uh, the bottom of our hearts, uh, our devoted fan base, and uh, thanks for listening, motherfuckers. Why don't you take your lively chubby ass and get the fuck off my car? I'm
1: starting to get scared. I'm starting to get scared.
0: I guess that means I won't get to see you go through puberty. I will snatch every motherfucker birthday.